Oh my greatness! Welcome in, all you Rob Miller heads, to the Rob Miller Podcast. <laughs> uh, I need a, I need like yeah. a, a microphone voice. You need a microphone voice. I need a microphone. Voice. Okay, so Tom hey. Brady is the Grady. <laughs> so, all right, uh, welcome into the third episode of the Rob Miller Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Miller, obviously. And uh, I have my buddy, uh, Kerry Beams, here. And uh, today we're going to be going over the Thursday night football game uh, between the Falcons and the uh, New England Patriots. We're also going to be going over just a couple of things just to kind of like see what we think is going to happen for the rest of the year on top of uh, predictions for this upcoming weekend and Monday night. So... I mean, for starters, we're just going to go straight into the Falcons and Patriots game. Man, was it a terrible, terrible game for the for the Falcons. They just weren't there. They didn't play at all. I I don't know what happened, to be perfectly honest with you. They just they weren't they just didn't want to show up for some reason. They had a lot of they had a they had a lot of potential. They had something to bounce back onto when it came to the the last last week when they got blown out by the Cowboys and now they get manhandled by the Patriots to where it looks like this, this organization needs to start over like completely quarterback, the rest of the team coaches, upper management, like basically Arthur blank needs to just wipe the slate clean and start all over. what it seems like to me. So, um, so, I mean, the the stats even show it too. Like it was it was just a, a a horrible 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 game for them, and I don't know. And to be perfectly honest, it didn't it didn't seem like they were ready to do anything. They came out flat on on third down. They and then they tried to go on fourth down a couple of times, didn't get those because they tried to run the ball. They tried twice on on fourth down, fourth and short, less than like three yards, and they couldn't convert because they had no run game. They didn't set up for the run when they when they tried to, they had Cordell Patterson in the backfield. Then he gets hurt in the game. So then they had backups with a terrible offensive line, not ready to go in. And the, I mean the score shows it. They they got shut out. You get blown out one week by the Cowboys, and then now you you get blown out by the Patriots at home. And Matt I mean Matt Ryan has been the best in his career on Thursday night games. He was seven and three going into this game. Now, I mean, his record is still above 500 for this, but just his age is showing with a terrible team and it's not good for him and it's not good for the Falcons brand. So like I said, I I think that the, the most important thing for the Falcons to do right now is to, start all over. They can hold on to Matt for at least a couple more years, or they can try to find another quarterback that's going to be leaving in free agency soon. And the fact that they have no succession plan for running backs since Devontae Freeman, they they can't do anything. Tevin Coleman, he left and went to the 49ers, and then now he's with the Jets. So – He's gone too, so they, they don't have anybody. Who knows when they're going to get somebody else next? I mean, Le'Veon Bell 
left or got uh, released from the Ravens, but with an offensive line, offensive line like that, he's not going to want to sign with the, with the Falcons. I bet you they've already put in an offer to sign him, but he's it's not going to happen. So the the Falcons really need to figure out what is going on or just, like I said, rebuild from the ground up. There's, there's no way they're going to win in this league without some sort of dual threat quarterback or at least someone who's semi-mobile. Matt Ryan can't. He was running. He was trying to run around, and he couldn't get. He could barely get out of the pocket before Kyle Van Noy was right up in his grill. He he kept getting him. the The defense can't can't stop anything. And when they did, it came up big, but the offense fell flat on their face. And third third down, instantly gave the Patriots the ball back, and that was it. So now they had a they had a potential to not get shut out. But then they, you know, it was a, a, a stupid penalty. And they, they backed the ball up and kicked it again and missed. So it's and and their kicker's really good too. Like he when he was drafted, there was a lot of um there was a lot of speculation that he's just he's a he's a bust at it for a kicker. But then he goes to Atlanta and is playing great. He's he's kicking he's kicking long distance in clutch situations. He's playing really well and your your brand is not going to be based on the kicker. Your your team's not going to be based on the kicker. So <clears throat> Arthur uh, Arthur Blank needs to figure something out. And I don't know how long he I don't know how long they have before Arthur Smith will get fired. And he, this is his first year with the, with the team. Uh, and this year specifically, I don't think it's their fault or his fault or the coaching staff's fault because they inherited a bad team. So. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, the, the fact that they have Kyle Pitts, though, is is helpful. But if they have no one to protect Matt Ryan, they're not going to win games, no matter how good Kyle Pitts is. I mean, you saw how Patrick Mahomes was getting, there, was getting his butt kicked every week because he just kept trying to throw the ball to somebody and not really care how he did it. Running around and just doing what he had to do. And then... They they would they would lose games. He was throwing he was he threw like multiple he it was like five games in a row. We had at least two interceptions. And it wasn't even halfway through the year yet. So the Falcons have a lot to work on, and it starts with the offensive line, in my opinion. Somebody to protect the quarterback. Um moving on to New England, they they had a lot of they had a lot of good uh going for them. When it, especially when it came to how they want to proceed with Mac Jones. Uh, he, he was very comfortable in the pocket when, even when he was scrambling around, he was able to make, make great downhill throws. He was able to make good throws to, for a contest for like a 50, 50 ball. He was throwing, he was throwing it very, very well. Uh, he did, he did throw one pick, but honestly that the, the Falcon safety or corner really made a great, uh, great, great play on the ball. Moved in, uh, moved right in front of um, uh, his his receiver and and got and got it. So he, I, I wouldn't totally blame that on Mac, but I mean, at least he's at least he's trying and putting forth some effort, some 50-50 ball, something to help 
continue to push the team down the field. Um, they, and they can, and so, and what, what also helped was the fact that they were able to control the clock. They, like, they, they knew exactly how to scheme this, uh, scheme against this team. And they continued to, to, or with that scripted, the game plan. So it was all one progression. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't there, you throw to, to make the safe pick, uh, the safe throw to the, the running back, you know, the, the receiver that's two yards off the line of scrimmage, you know, running straight across the middle of the field, uh, the slant routes, any, anything that was easy to throw that was open, he was to throw it there no matter what. And he is a very smart kid. He goes from a, a great organization with the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide to now New England, who knows how to take away the best of the, the uh, other team's offense away so that way your your guys or his 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 offense could stay on the field as much as possible for them to just dissect the defense. So I think Mac Jones is is playing very, very well. I'd say he right now he's the best of the rookies this year. Um with with a close second, I'd say, you know, Justin Fields. He's he's playing he's playing at a high level because he has to, the, the team around him is not the greatest, but I'd say it's definitely better than Atlanta. Um, so they, they had a great script. They, he, Mac Jones was able to st- uh, stick to it. Very coachable, a very great player. I think he's going to have a lot of success in the upcoming years. <clears throat> so in your opinion, how do you think Mac Jones played? Well, I would. <clears throat> I had a couple notes here, but yeah. So as, as far as the Mac Jones, if you're asking me about him, uh, if if they're going to just ask him to play, basically like, like Brady did when he was there in New England, which is let your defense take over the game, make the safe throws, you know, push it down the field every once in a while, then he's going to have success like he had on Thursday night. Mm. I saw him uh, a couple instances. He, if he made a bad decision, he uh, was pretty upset with himself for making said bad decision, which uh, is important when you're, um, you know, playing as a rookie in the league to next drive, come back and let's not make those same mistakes. And you can see the end result, which is a 25, uh, 25 point. I won't, I won't mention the Falcons zero because that's not a comparison to how Mac Jones was playing. You know, it was his defense shutting out the Falcons, but Mac Jones, they had to put up the points. So their 25 points that they put up um, is, is direct correlation to his, I'm not going to overdo it and say amazing play, but he's doing what's asked of him, which was the Tom Brady method. Yeah. So if he is, if he's going to continue and they're going to continue to win these games, then Mac Jones, you just do what do what you do. You don't turn the ball over. You make smart plays. You let the guys once the ball's in their hand, you make them let, let them make the play. And but uh, I'm going to say that um, for an Alabama being an Alabama quarterback, uh, Mac Jones has really impressed me this year. Yeah. Because you look at any other Alabama quarterback, they were a backup for a couple years. Or they try to start them and they just 
never panned out. And that's, again, due to the Alabama team being, in previous years, more defensive heavy. And your quarterback was kind of just in the mix of, okay, I'll throw it to a wide open guy. Um, Mac Jones, of course, he had Devonta Smith there when he was playing. But um, he's, he's now in the NFL. He went to, if you're going to go to an NFL team, Patriots are one of the top organizations to go to because they make it easy for their quarterbacks. Yeah, that's definitely true. Just, just throw it to the guy and let him let him uh, make the play. Yeah, that's that's what they want their quarterbacks to do. And look, it's worked. It's worked for decades. That's true. Yeah, and <clears throat> and I and I like how um, I like how they make it easy for the quarterback too, though. Honestly, just because like as with how important. A, a great quarterback is, or even a, a competent quarterback in this league, is how important it is to have someone who you know, even as a rookie, can go in and make just make a throw, a completion to advance the ball down the field. Somebody who can control the clock is is humongous. Time of possession is huge in, in this league as well. So keeping the other quarterback off the off the field, and then your defense getting to the getting to that the other quarterback. To make sure that they get off the field, so your quarterback can come back on the field. It, I mean, those are like the like the two most important positions in this in in, the, in NFL games in twenty twenty one: a quarterback and someone who can get after their quarterback. So, you know, I yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, Mac is is definitely doing what's asked of him, and, and like I said, he's because it's so easy. He's making he's making throws that he's very confident with. And when he and and yes, when he is, uh, he gets very upset, and and, and that goes to the co- his coachability, being able to uh, know where he made a mistake and fixing the said mistake. So, okay, so can I just say can, oh, yeah. say a couple some couple parts from your uh, initial Falcons? Absolutely, take. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I have a I have just a counter uh, to your your. Um, saying the Falcons did not come to play. Maybe the Pacers just came to play. That's that's true, yeah. They they came to play. It was a short week. The Falcons right now are not are not playing good football. Mm-hmm. They just came off a demoralizing defeat by hand by the hands of the Cowboys. And now they have a short turnaround, which they always like to say, well, we want to get back out there and and you know just get back to playing football. Uh, maybe this was not the week to have a short week because other than Matt Ryan, who do you have? I mean, they have, they do have Kyle Pitts, but uh, as far as veteran leadership, other than Matt Ryan, who do you really have that is well known in the league? So the Patriots came to play. Okay. Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick has these guys dialed in right now. Uh, Matt Ryan, he, you could see it, the consistent frustration from this, from this man, mm-hmm. he took his helmet off, and, and Daniel, or he did slam it on the ground after uh, I think it was an early drive. So he was already frustrated with how things were going. Now is that because he knows that this is pretty much how it's going to be all game long, mm-hmm. or he has really no weapons to go to outside of Kyle Pitts, and and of course. If anybody's going to know that, it's going to be the Patriots. And what are they going to do? They're going to take it away. It's true, yeah. Uh, another part, another thing that you brought up was about Matt Ryan and his age. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still don't see 
Matt Ryan's age having anything to do with his gameplay because he's always been really a pocket passer and he could afford to be really a pocket passer because he had Julio Jones. Now, be it the guy never scored any touchdowns, apparently, mm-hmm. you know, but Julio Jones was there and was that threat. Mm-hmm. He also had, um, at the time, he had Muhammad Sanu. I believe he also had Roddy White. But that was just the Matt Ryan play. He's not going to be uh, like uh, you know, going with his age group, we'll say. He's not going to be like Aaron Rodgers getting out of the pocket uh, a lot and throwing on the run. It's right. just it's it's been Matt Matt Ryan's game plan has been to drop back and he's gonna pass it. Yeah. But he, anybody's been a very he's been a very good passer of the ball. Right. Not the best, but he's been he's Matt Ryan. He's been uh, he's been very well with the ball. Um another part here is the Le'Veon Bell signing. Yeah. You mentioned about the the offensive line um not being very good, and maybe that would deter him. So for me, what I'm looking at is he signed with the Jets. That's true, but he signed he signed because they were offering him a ton of money, which is exactly and what that's, he wanted. And that's and that's that's what I have that's what I have circled right here. The Falcons, to me, it's too late in the season. They're not going to turn it around. They're not going to. I would say they're probably not going to tank either because I don't think Matt Ryan would want to tank, but. I don't see them putting out all this money for Le'Veon Bell, even if he wanted to go there. Right. Because and, – and, and and even if they have a bad offensive line, he still would go if they were to try and offer him a lot of money. Because some play – and really any player around the league, they're money motivated. So they're, nobody's going to be loyal to the team – anymore unless there's money involved right well the only thing i have i mean the, the what i have to say about that though is like he signed with the ravens for a million bucks for a year and they released him not even through their entire year he yeah i think he had like half of a season or all of last season he didn't play either it, either right. that or they released him after the off season when he was with the chiefs because he, they they didn't use him because of the uh, the style of offense that the Chiefs ran. Now you can, I mean, yes, Cl- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has has come in and played very very well, um, but I think that he was he's more accustomed to the I guess their style of of, of play. And I'm not saying that uh, Le'Veon is only a through you know between the tackles, always running the ball like wants the wants the ball. You know, running down the throats of, of the defense, he's he he's he's shown that he can uh, catch out of the backfield and be a a, uh, a threat in the passing game. But I I think that if if he was to go there, he would help Matt. Not only would he help Matt Ryan out a lot, but he would uh, bring a a veteran presence of the running style to that offense. And a reason why I said that he wouldn't sign there is because yes, I I believe that the offensive line is not good at all. If 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 it's if it's decent, maybe. But because of, because of the last two, especially the last two games, and really the, uh, it shows for the entire season that they have not been playing well. So the the 
like a running back like that would wants to revive his career at this point because he got let he let go from the Chiefs and let go from the Ravens, two uh, playoff contenders, possible Super Bowl contenders in the last three four years. So if he wants to to revive his career and try and stay in the NFL. He's going to want to, he, he'd probably take anything. I mean, he took a million dollars for the Ravens. So I don't think money has anything to do with it. I want, he wants to, he wants to win. That's why he signed with the Chiefs anyway. He wants to win a ring. He wants the Super Bowl. Now, yes, the Falcons are, they're not going to, they're not going to take the division away from, from the Bucks. They're not going to steal a, a seventh seed from any of the other NFC teams. There's no, uh, they have to. They basically have to win out and even think. I, I think they'd, they'd still only be like, I think they'd be ten and seven, but uh, they're not. They're not good enough for that. So, um, I don't. I don't think Le'Veon Bell would would sign with them because they don't have the pieces that that he that he he would require or want to expect of himself to play well. Um. So, I mean. And Matt Matt Ryan's age, I mean, he's he was he was drafted in 08. So you bring up Rogers being a mobile mobile guy. Rogers is older than Matt Ryan, and he's still playing at a higher level, playing at a better level now. Like, I, let, let but me, hit by Rogers' play style had always included moving out of the pocket. That's true. Or yes. or running down the field if necessary. Matt Ryan, I've seen him do it, but his play style is to be a drop back quarterback and pass the ball. That's true. But even even when he was in college, he I mean he, obviously he was the, the drop back guy, but in the time that he was drafted and during that time period in the NFL, that's what you, that's what you expected out of your quarterback. You didn't expect runners. And throughout the throughout the history of the league, you had certain uh certain quarterbacks that did a lot of running. You had uh, uh Randall Cunningham and Donovan McNabb, and now you know you have Russell Wilson. Now you've got you had you Mike have, Vick. You have so many Mike Vick, another one. Yeah, Steve Young. All these there, there's there are onesies and twosies throughout the history up until this point, and then now it's just flooding the league. Like you have to, like nowadays you got to be able to at least escape the pocket a little bit, whether you're going straight up the middle, like stepping up in the pocket and then t- taking the ball from there. Or you're bouncing out and you're that, able to either make a play or just get out of but, the way of something. So pocket awareness, we'll say this, is yes, when you step up in the pocket or you slide a little bit this way or a little bit that way. But talking about, this still goes back to um, Matt Ryan is not one to step up in the pocket and then just decide, I'm going to run towards the sideline and then I'm going to throw the ball. That is... That's just something that a quarterback, like I said, Rodgers does, mm-hmm. or or in a little bit newer, we'll say, uh, like Russell Wilson does, step up in the pocket, but then also I'm going to run towards the sideline to either complete a pass or I'm going to throw it away from, from running towards the sideline. Matt Ryan, to me, the, and the whole thing was just about when you brought up his age and, yeah. and about that. So. Yeah, we, and we can just we can just leave it at that. I just wanted to uh, yeah. make mention that I feel that that's always been Matt Ryan's play style, which is fine for him and it's worked. But um, it would it would have been better for him if his play style was 
and or included getting out of the pocket and not just stepping up or having that pocket awareness to slide this way a little bit, that way a little bit, but two have always included, I'm going to run to it because now it's, he's not going to change. Well, it's yeah. not going to change. Well, yeah. And, and like I said, then at that point you would, you could tell that his age is, is in that sort of uh, that problem because he's, he's not young enough like these other guys who are able to like quickly get out of the way. Like he's, He's been beaten up in the league a lot, mm-hmm. so it's 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 uh, it's really showing at that at that point him trying to do that kind of kind of play style. So even if even if he wasn't trying to specifically in this game, from what I saw, he was whenever he tried to run out, he was struggling to get away from anybody, and they were just able to get him, you know, seven eight yards in the backfield, you know, big sacks that really took them out of field goal range, mm-hmm. and. You know him. You, you mentioned his his frustration that yeah. I mean, I would be frustrated too if my my receivers couldn't get open or my offensive line broke down so fast that I couldn't I couldn't get out of the way fast enough to even throw the ball out of out, you know throw throw it uh, on the sideline to, to just to save just to save the yardage. So, um, so I mean, and that's I mean that's where I think that they really need to find some way to improve on that, you know, definitely build the offensive line, definitely get a good pass rusher. I mean, they, they tried, you know, with Vic Beasley as a linebacker and they had um, Don Terry Poe for a little bit and, you know, big name guys that tried to come in and actually like help get to the quarterback. And I mean, they, they made it to the Super Bowl in, in 2016, but it was a bad loss. I mean, they should have won them. They really should have, been able to hold that lead for as as talented as Matt Ryan was that year. They should have they should have been able to keep Brady on that sideline and, and keep him off the field. So, all right, uh, moving on, we're going to talk about what we think are the top five quarterbacks uh, of this year, um, and that's going off of how you know, basically the eye test and and the reason why we're 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 looking at mainly the eye test is from. The, the experiences that we've seen these quarterbacks have in the past to now and how they're using those those mistakes or those uh, the the situations that they were in back then to help them move on move on into uh, the the latter years of, of, of these quarterbacks careers um, and I'll, I'll kick it off I mean I think that right now Aaron Rodgers is is the best quarterback right now in the league I mean, his his he's 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 down to the top three in yardage just simply because he was out for at least a week. I mean he's he's not far from them, but I st- I don't I don't believe that 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 specific number is is one reason why he wouldn't be considered the number one quarterback. I mean without him, the team had a very ugly loss to the Chiefs, and it, it looked like they were confused about who they wanted to or what they were going to do if Aaron Rodgers ever decides to leave. Um, so, or retire or, you know, whatever, whatever he would decide to do. Um, I, I'd, I'd say Kyler Murray is playing uh, 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 very well. As, um, and he, I would, I would consider him the second best. Um, now he has had uh, a couple of slump games and then he's been injured. So it's kind of hard to really put him in that perspective but at the same time, when he's on the field and, you know, during those games when he wasn't in a slump, they were lighting teams up. I mean, they were they were the, they were the last undefeated team for 
seven weeks or eight weeks. For eight weeks, they were undefeated. Yeah, because now they're eight and two now. Or yeah, eight it was and two. Seven weeks. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they were seven and zero, oh, and now they've they uh, won one against the 49ers, and then they lost. They, they just lost one. That did, no, yeah, right? they, they, or were they six and zero? Oh? and then they went six and one. Well, it was eight weeks, and then they lost two straight. Uh, I was pretty sure they crushed the 49ers. Well, they did. They did because that that was with that was with Colt McCoy. Oh no, yeah, you're right. They were set. They were six and zero. <clears throat> lost to the pe- the Packers. Yes. And the following week, because uh, Kyler was injured, they beat the 49ers, and then they just lost to the Rams. No. No. They, no. They they lost to San Francisco. They beat the Rams. Yes, they beat the Rams, lost to the Niners. Yeah. Okay. So um, either way, um, I, I I like I like his play style. I like what he's been doing and how he's been progressing. And I think he is one of the best. Kyler Murray, I think, would be my number two quarterback. Just simply how he's able to command his team into playing very very well, as well as winning games that they need to be winning. Um, the, 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 the loss of the Packers was pretty big. I don't know if that last, that, that, that last second play was just something that AJ Green wasn't paying attention to, or Kyler just threw it before he, before he realized or whatever, but that was just something that, you know, that, that kind of stuff just happens in football. And, um, I think Kyler, they were on the verge of, of continuing their, the an undefeated season, but the fact that he got injured, Really put brings his numbers down, but I still think he's um, he's he's definitely, in my opinion, the number two quarterback in the league. Um, following that, I have Dak Prescott. Um, he had a a kind of predicted loss in Week One to the Bucks. I mean, they the the Bucks, you know, they won the Super Bowl last year, whatever. But with with Brady having like hosting them was something that was like, okay, well, from the last season, the Cowboys weren't playing well. So it's like, okay, well, this is probably a predicted loss. But it looked like the Cowboys were ready to win that game, and they, and honestly, in my opinion, they should have. So, and then their win streak that they went on, and then Dak gets injured, and then they he, he comes back. Like, even in his absence, they still won. So that speaks a lot of volume to his leadership throughout the, the like the entire season at that up until that point. And then when he comes back, you know he's he's rusty. He's not like he's he's just taking first team reps again after being out for you know at least a week or two or however long he was out. And then you know going up against uh, a team that was definitely ready to 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 play them and that uh, with uh, with Denver. And what's crazy too is that they they beat like the Broncos went into Dallas and beat them. I think that that's a that's a big win. It was a big win for Denver, but Denver didn't really capitalize on that. So uh, I, I think that, and then you know, Dak you know bounces back and and obliterates the Falcons. So I think that that shows Dak's leadership and his gameplay really is starting to really elevate, and for him to start being considered into elite quarterbacks in twenty twenty one. 
And then I have, for number four, I have Lamar Jackson. Now, he ha- he, he definitely has his moments where he looks like he's still a rookie and ha- makes makes some, some questionable decisions when it comes to throwing it down the field, running the ball, whatever. But the fact that he can, at any moment in time, take off and basically be the running back for the team is huge, especially them losing – uh, they're, they're they lost three running backs before week one, which is that like that's crazy, and they're leading the division right now. So they're playing at a very high level. Lamar is really keeping these guys held together. Uh, great leadership, great uh, great play calling. Now they they had a very cl- uh, close win against Minnesota. And then, you know, and then, but then they turn around and, and they beat or they have a really good game against the Chargers. And then they have a, a, a really bad game against Cincinnati. And it's like, what's going on? Like, is it Lamar? Is it the play calling? Is it the defense? I still think Lamar is, I think, the, in my opinion, the fourth best, the fourth best quarterback this year. And for my number five, it's like, it's a, it's a toss-up between a bunch of different quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. Matt Stafford. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say a little <laughs> bit about each one, and, I mean, it's up to you to see if, you know, whoever you decide is is top five or if you want to fill that spot in for me. Tom Brady, he's 44. You know, he has he has great weapons. He seems like he's he just took the – the playbook from New England and brought it down to Tampa with him. Screen passes here and there, and you know, his experience has given him a lot of a lot of knowledge. I'll give him that. But the fact that he is is putting up the numbers that he is, it shows in the playmakers that the team built around him. Um, Josh Allen uh, is a, a dynamic player. Can run the ball. He can. He can run the ball. He can. He can. He can like drop huge bombs, and and his intermediate and his short throws are they can be questionable at times. But I don't think that's a big knock on him uh, because I mean his receivers are are fast. They can catch, especially in traffic. Stephon Diggs, um, uh, their other receiver, Gabe uh, Gabriel Davis. I think it's his name, Gabriel Davis. I think that's right. Um, he's he's playing great too, and then they have two really good running backs. Uh, I think De- De- Devin Singletary is a little underrated. Uh, he's been injured here and there, so uh, Zach Moss has been able to come in and help out uh, with the with the run game. But I think Josh Allen has a lot of great weapons, but can still put the team on his back and carry the team. Um, Justin Herbert, huge arm, great is is incredibly coachable, and he. He has he's a lot he's a lot of knowledge, and because he's so young and so and so coachable, it's going to make his career a lot easier. And let's hope that the Chargers don't ruin him like they ruined Philip Rivers. I mean, Philip Rivers had a lot of problems as it was with being just a gunslinger and just. I mean, obviously he's trying to help win the team win the game, but he's also helped causing you know causing problems through throwing picks when he shouldn't be. You know, making bad you know making bad throws when he shouldn't be and stuff like that, um, and and they have great weapons too on uh, on offense. You know, Mike Williams and uh, uh, Keenan Allen are are fantastic. 
I, I've always been big on, on Jared Cook. I thought he was, you know, he's been very, very useful. And <clears throat> the fact that the Chargers offense for like the longest time really highlighted the tight end. Antonio Gates was, and, and especially when I was a lot, when I was younger, was considered the best in the league at the time. I mean, they had Jeremy Shockey and, and, um, and Tony Gonzalez was in his later <laughs> years. And, um, and then you had um, Jimmy Graham with, with New Orleans, and he was really great there. But um, I think that, uh, that, that Jared, Cook, Jared Cook has been has been a great target for him, but he doesn't u- utilize him very well. Um, but he, Justin Herbert definitely shows a lot of potential, and he can carry that team. And Patrick Mahomes. Now, you a lot of a lot of a lot of the uh, you listeners are probably say, well, why is it Patrick Mahomes number one? Well, this year specifically is what is what this top ten is, or this top five is based on. And number two, he wasn't looking like himself at all the first half of the season. Every, there, there were there was like four or five games in a row where he threw multiple interceptions. What is that? Last season and the in his his rookie year up to la, up to the beginning of this season, he played smart football. Granted, there was a lot of times where he ha- kind of had to throw like deep balls and hope that the receiver would be there to catch it. But he did that, in my opinion, he did that sparingly because Tyreek Hill was getting open. They like no, none of these other defenses had people to, to cover them. Now they do. Defenses nowadays know how to counter them, and. And honestly, to me, what what Patrick Mahomes was was playing like was the the, the eight year old on Madden just throwing the ball up to the fastest receiver every single play, just drop back and bomb it to just hopefully get a touchdown. That's what it seemed like, and he get like multiple interceptions in the game. He wasn't utilizing his run game a lot. Granted, that's not really the the Chiefs' way. Andy Andy Reid has shown he's not very big on the run game. Yeah, I mean, even with Brian Westbrooks when he was with when he was the head coach for, for the Eagles, he, he was known as a good running back, but he didn't utilize him that, that much in the run game. He was it was very pass heavy. So with with the run game for the Chiefs, uh, that helps that'll help alleviate a lot of stress that Patrick Mahomes has. I mean, it really started last year in the postseason for me, for Patrick, for his inconsistencies. Because They'd get behind, and he'd have to catch up and throw the ball deep every other drive, just to try and catch up. And then once it, once the, the Super Bowl came, they they led they led, and then the, and then the the Bucks came back and 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 won the game. And he had to like try and save the try and save the game, and because he was throwing the ball up, he was getting picked off. You know, make you know it was incomplete. He was just making throws because he had to, and the offensive line wasn't that was was diminished because they had uh, injuries. So now they've they've rebuilt the offensive line, but he was still doing. He was still running around, just throwing the and chucking the ball up. So that's why I put that, uh, Patrick Mahomes so low. Um, the the win against Las Vegas was big. It was. And it's to show it was to show that the, the Chiefs <laughs> could win that kind that kind of game, but we need to see if they will continue playing like that. Because just because you win one game doesn't mean you're going to win that big the next. 
and especially against the Cowboys is who they're playing this weekend. And it's a big game. Like everyone's going to be watching this game. So you know that, and and, the, and their defense is great. Trayvon Diggs, if Patrick's just going to chuck it up, he's going to have four picks. Like it's, he's, he's that good. So the Chiefs really need to, like Patrick really needs to continue to play smarter football. So that's how I round out my, oh, and then Matt Stafford. Before I forget, Matt Stafford. He has, he, in my opinion, he was slightly overhyped going to the Rams. Because now I'm not, and and I'm saying, I'm not saying that because I think he's a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. But he had he had some he had some decent weapons when he was with Detroit, you know Marvin Jones. He had uh, Golden Tate, who was really good at the time, and then they had uh, T.J. Hawkinson was really good. Now Jared Goff doesn't use him, and then they had Megatron. You know a huge he's in the Hall of Fame, so you know he was a great receiver and he put up the numbers and he put up the touchdowns, and Matt Stafford was considered a um, uh, the comeback king. For for a long for a long time, even even now I think still think he's considered one of those one of those types of guys, who's who's dependable when it comes to fourth down or um, uh, late game wins. So, but when he when he goes when he goes to the Rams and he plays well for the first you know four or five weeks, great. He looks like he's what he's supposed to be. His talent is showing on a better team, and they're winning the division. Or they're right. In, they're they're right behind the the division leader. But then you have these up these last couple of games where he's just not playing good. He's not consistent. I mean, it looks like he's forcing Cooper Cup the ball for an unknown reason because they have gr- great other weapons. Henderson out of the backfield, great running back. He can he can get open and he can run the ball really well. Then you've got Robert Woods before he got it, before he, you know, ended his career, ended his his season with his ACL tear. And and yes, Cooper Cup is fantastic. I'm not saying he shouldn't throw him the ball. But you have other receivers to help that help alleviate like forcing one player the ball. And we've seen how forcing one player the ball what it really does to a team. And Speaking of this guy, OBJ, when Eli Manning was forcing him the ball, they didn't win. When Baker Mayfield was forcing was forcing OBJ the ball, they wouldn't win. They didn't win. Now OBJ comes in. He he plays. I think he played five or he had like two or three catches for like eighteen yards. And I mean that's that's great that he was able to come in and make some plays. But they got blown out by the the Cardinals. They got blown out. That should not have been a big loss like that. And I'm not saying it should, it's, it was all on OBJ or it's all on Matt Stafford because the defense couldn't stop anything. Colt McCoy came in and destroyed that Rams defense. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller couldn't stop Colt McCoy. So something was wrong with that defense that night, but... Matt Stafford coming into a team that is super successful. They have a ton of money. They just got a new stadium. There's a lot of there's a lot of hype behind this team. You can't be throwing 
I'm not going to say throwing games because I don't think he's throwing games, but you can't, but you cannot play lackluster, and especially in a, in a city like LA. And you're the team in LA. It's not like the Chargers are in contention with you. The Chargers rather be in San Diego. The fans rather than be in San Diego. Like some, like the reason why there's there's like like a, a home Chargers game seems to be a an away game for the Chargers is because the, the fans don't want to leave San Diego. So you're the team in LA. So you guys gotta they have to be they have to play great. Especially when you do a big blockbuster trade to get a quarterback that has been ran through like the mud with with Detroit. They only they appeared in the playoffs once since Matt's been there, one time, and they lost to Seattle. They lost to Seattle that game. Then then they would have went twice because they lost to the Cowboys. <clears throat> Did they? Okay. Well, either way, they they uh, in in like ten years. It's been it hasn't been ten years. He's been there quite a while. Oh no, it has been ten years. It was, yeah. it, he's been in the league for like 12, 13 years at this point. Uh, Matt Stafford has, and he has two playoff appearances, zero wins, and it's like I don't know if it's because there's a lot of pressure on him now. Or if, if something's going on in the locker room, something at home, whatever it is, it's showing that he's not like playing at the level that they expected him to in the, within the last couple of games. So, um, so yeah, that rounds out my top five to eight. I don't, uh, I, I don't know who to pit, put at five. So, um, you know, it's, it's just a combination of five other players. So mm-hmm. we'll go from there. That seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. What do you think? Who do you have? At least in your top three. So I have I have four players written down here that I'd like to just speak of quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no particular order, honestly. Um, <clears throat> for me, I have uh, I have Kyler Murray. I have Dakota Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and I have an actual surprise in here. I have Ryan Tannehill. Oh, okay. Um. We'll just roll through them real quick. Murray, of course, they've uh, they were undefeated with him until the Thursday night game uh, against the Packers. To me, um, these Thursday night games kind of uh, suck. Um, in, in all reality, they they have a few days to get ready after you just played, um, and it's a physical game, so you need that time to recuperate. And my understanding was they were supposed to be doing kind of division rivals. So that way you already know your opponent and you don't have to go out of your way really to plan. But they've been, I guess, maybe trying to bring in more money or something, and they're they're playing bigger games, we could say. But <clears throat> going back to it, with Murray uh, at the helm, or without him, uh, I believe they dropped um, two. Yeah. So – and without DeAndre Hopkins, we won't forget that because the quarterback has to throw the ball, somebody has to catch it. Um, Murray is extremely mobile quarterback. We all know that. Myself, I'm not, I've, I've not been high on Murray since he was drafted. But this year, he's been putting it together fairly well, and I can appreciate that. 
Uh, and then again, no particular order. Uh, next, I just had uh, Dak Prescott. You can't really, um, you can't really uh, put this guy down. Um, he just seems like a great guy, number one, just in, in general. And he's coming back from a horrific injury from last year, and he's putting together a uh, really decent season. Uh, he does have three top weapons in the game, you could say. Maybe not the toppest of the top tier, but he has what would be considered by many to be would-be starters mm-hmm. or, or potential number ones on another team. And uh, this is kind of the a couple years ago in uh, the Mahomes. I remember the Bears were playing against the Chiefs, and they just kept talking about how the Chiefs had five receivers that could be starters on any other team than their than their own. Um, so that you know, you're <clears throat> is a team game. It is a team game. If you have a really great quarterback. Well, we won't say really great. We'll just say if you have a great quarterback and he has nobody to throw it to, well, that's not going to help anybody. You could be, again, you could be the best quarterback. If you throw it to the guy and it hits him in the hands 100 times and he drops it 100 times, how is that the quarterback's fault? So for Prescott to be coming back from that injury, um, a mental aspect of it, especially in those early games of – Oh man, could I potentially get my ankle destroyed here or something? And he pushed, he persevered through that, and now he's been playing some good football. Mm-hmm. And just one more thing, uh, Cooper Rush, he won a game, be it against Kirk Cousins, who is not a prime time man, but he won a game with the same team that Dakota Prescott has. So we'll just leave it at that. Josh Allen, uh, of course, Josh Allen has had a pretty good year. Uh, we'll say the Jaguars game, they, they must have planned really well for him, and they just rattled him. You have games like that. Aaron Rodgers, see, uh, game one of this season. They were relentless in getting to him. And maybe he had a bunch of rust on him from not practicing or whatever. That's That was his, that was his business. But they came out, and they looked, and he looked bad. They turned it on since then, but... So you, you can make or break a quarterback by scheming against him and getting and getting in his face. Doesn't matter who it is. If you're pressured as soon as you get the ball, doesn't matter what quarterback you are. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to complete, complete passes as they get out. <clears throat> so that besides that game, Josh Allen has been playing some pretty decent football. And then you have Ryan Tannehill, who when Derrick Henry went down, Everybody just assumed, oh, man, this team is going to go down the tubes. Heck, I had Derrick Henry as the MVP at this at that point in the season still. And I still would because the man is possessed, <laughs> and he just demolishes everybody in his path. But Ryan Tannehill turned it on. Now, when they played the Rams, what happened? kind of relied on their defense to stop the Rams' offense. Again, it's a team game. Now, the uh, when the defense is all on the sideline, the offense is on the field, what is the offense's job? Score points, don't turn the ball over. So what does Ryan Tannehill go out there and do? He does not turn the ball over and give short fields for the, Ram, for the Titans' defense to have to defend. 
and he actually moves the ball down the field. What more, what more do you want from your quarterback? If you go down the field and you can only get three, you can't put it in, that's three extra points. And he's doing this without Derrick Henry. So that's why I, I put him up here in, in the top five. And then, of course, uh, being a homer, um, I'm going to have to just uh, throw the goat in there. Um, where, where's number 12? And uh, we'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> well put. I, I like the um, the take on on uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I I remember a few years you know when he was drafted by the Dolphins and was kind of a questionable pick at that point because no one because he was a receiver in in college and then he comes and wants to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's like okay, well. He and he, and he and he played really well for a, for a while, and then for some reason he just just wasn't playing good or whatever it was, and then they moved on from him. And Miami, I bet you, is kind of wishing they they didn't because he's how well he's playing. Tennessee picked him up and got rid of Mariota, which I think was a, a really good idea because Mariota came out of college, prospected to be extremely talented and. And ready to ready and like NFL ready and didn't didn't did not play that way. So um, uh, now we're looking on to um, something that we're looking forward to for these upcoming games this weekend. Um, whether it's a, a slew of games like uh, what we what we can kind of kind of like we hope to expect from any NFC West division game or. Uh, if we if we're excited to see what what the Packers are gonna do, or you know, uh, hopefully like seeing if the Jags can can pull off another win, something like that is what we're kind of is what we're gonna use this segment for, and, and see what we wanna what we really want to see this weekend. So, uh, is there anything that you think that you might like you want you want to see this weekend that would be super exciting or interesting or anything like that? One. I would say I have a couple games. Uh, we'll start off first with the Packers and the Vikings, <clears throat> simply because whenever we have a Packers and Vikings game at Minnesota, th- there's just something, it just seems there's something that goes on there. And I understand that um, um, Matt, LaFleur, Matt LaFleur has had great success against all the NFC North teams since he took over. But it's still something about going to Minnesota for the pack as the first game in the series for the season. The Vikings just turn it on. I don't know what it is. I don't know what what about it in being in Minnesota. Um, Now, this is also a different Vikings team. Because they used to say that that Mike Zimmer has cracked the Aaron Rodgers code. Well, it go, that's it's the same saying as always. If you can pressure the quarterback, he's not going to do well. Well, if you look at the Mike Zimmer teams that were successful against Rodgers, double A gap pressure, and they they brought a lot of it. You only have so many linemen to block, and then you have your back. They would bring the double get double A gap pressure, and then they would get to him. They also had uh, pretty decent um, defensive backs, and then there are two linebackers there in the middle, all over the place. Years have gone by, 
guys have gotten a little bit slower. The defensive line was also better then. So things have changed a little bit, and these Mike Zimmer defenses are not currently are not as um, terrifying, we could say, to go up against. But I am still interested to see this game because, again, it is Green Bay at Minnesota. It's the first one in the series. Usually if it's close, that means that Green Bay, when they go to Lambeau, is just going to smack them. But we'll see. We're going to have to see. Um, Another interesting one for me, and I think for a lot of people, is going to be that Dallas at Kansas City. And simply because it appears that Mahomes and the offense have gotten it together. And uh, the defense is playing a little bit better than they have been. Not saying that all of a sudden they're this great defensive team and that they're going to shut anybody out, especially the Cowboys. But we also have to remember that Dallas is going to be without Amari Cooper on Sunday. So now they're down to only two out of three really good receivers. Um, and then the Dallas defense, of course. I think I think the biggest is going to be the Dallas defense against the Kansas City offense. That's really where the focus is going to be. Um, and then I'll just lay out a last one here is the Giants at Tampa Bay. Last year, Giants were cheated out of a win by Tampa Bay. I think I believe it was a Thursday night game that they had played. It was a primetime game. I remember that. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I also see Tampa Bay um, coming in and winning this game handedly just because they're not going to allow Tom Brady to lose three in a row. That's just not going to happen. So those are my those are my personal three games to watch this week is going to be Green Bay, um, Dallas and Kansas City, and the Giants in Tampa Bay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, another thing about the, the Green Bay game is like Aaron Rodgers is – uh, full full first week of practice back, so he's able to get back in sync with his his receivers, and actually like get back to his normal playing self. And now we'll also we can also see if the, if him actually getting COVID is actually going to affect it because apparently it's been known that when a, when a player gets COVID, they don't play particularly well the next couple of games. So we'll see if if it actually affected him or. Anything along those lines. I just have one thing to say real quick about that. Yeah. During the Pat McAfee show with Aaron Rodgers, they talked about people getting COVID and then coming out and playing. Apparently, there's a golfer who got it, COVID, Mm -hmm. and he came out and has started playing the best golf of his career. Wow. So I guess it affects everyone different then. It could affect everyone different, and hopefully that toe is ready to go. Oh, I get it. So, yeah. So I I, I look forward to uh, both these these prime time games, if you will, for one of them. Uh, the uh, Chiefs and, and and Cowboys being the game of the uh, Fox's NFL game of the week, and then um, the prime time game, the Monday Night Football game, New York Giants against the Bucks. Um, I think it's just interesting, you know, with how. The, the Giants are still affecting Brady even to this day. And and Eli Manning is not even on the on the roster. He's not even a part of the team. He's not even a – I don't know if he's a, a, a member of the staff or anything along those lines, but 
he's at least not a player. So it's not like it's it's Eli Manning haunting him, and he's not wearing. And Daniel Jones isn't wearing number ten, and I don't know. But I th- I, I do think that's interesting. Um, see, oh, may, we might see Brady's uh, first three game losing streak since O two. That was you know his first. I believe it was his first year starting in the NFL. Like actually starting like every every game. So. Um, that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, one of mine as well. Um, another one of my, uh, I'd say my probably my biggest one is you know from from my from my guys the the, the Hawks uh, hosting the Arizona Cardinals. The, there's reports saying that Kyler Murray is is ready to come back. Um, we don't know yet. Uh, that'll probably be a game time decision still. DeAndre Hopkins still no word on that one yet as well. So unsure if Colt McCoy will start his third game or fourth game, excuse me, fourth game. And maybe it could be a good win for the, for the Seahawks because Russell Wilson's coming back from his injury. His first his first injury where he's been out for multiple games. So we'll see if, if that's going to be a, um, a win for the Hawks at home against a division rival who they always play hard against. Like even, even when Carson Palmer was with Arizona, you know, seven years ago or whatever it was he like they always still fought hard and they and they were i wouldn't say evenly matched but they they the score kind of showed that like it was very close seattle win very close arizona win ties stuff like that so rivalry of seattle and arizona um and uh another one for me i think really has to be the the, the Raiders need to lose. The Chargers need to win. Simple as that. The Chargers need to win. And I think that I think they're, they're primed for it. And Big Ben is back to where they can, they have a better, at least a better chance at, at winning a football game. I mean, Mason Rudolph is not your success in playing. Please, for the love of God, Steelers fans, Steelers, Mike Tomlin, do not let Mason Rudolph be your success in playing to Ben Roethlisberger. You'll be in the bottom. The, you'll be in the bottom of the division for the next five, at least ten years, if he stays your starter. It it, it can't be. Put Dwayne Haskins in for all I care. Just not Mason Rudolph. It was so painful to watch that game. I, I it was it was so hard for me to watch that game. So uh, for me, I, I definitely say the the Seahawks and Cardinals for you know for my personal fandom uh, for the for the Hawks. Um, the Cowboys and Chiefs is another big game. It's in Arrowhead, so that's that's a big advantage for Kansas City. Uh, so, and and Kansas City was losing to uh, was getting handled by some bad teams. Washington gave them problems with a healthy Chase Young, obviously. New York was giving them problems. The Giants were giving them problems. There's no reason why the, the Dallas defense shouldn't be able to to help take care of that uh, the Kansas City offense. The Monday night game, uh, and and. Uh, I kind of want to see what the outcome is of the 49ers and Jags game. That would that be kind of interesting too. See if Trevor Lawrence can get a a, a a win against a you know a slightly better team. So, um, so those those are some of the things we're looking forward to uh, this weekend. Um, and uh, so we're gonna we'd like to roll into the predictions. So we can roll into that. So starting off, we've got the Saints uh, going to Philly to face the Eagles. Now, this this is like an, this is like a Chargers and Vikings thing where I think that these are pretty evenly matched teams. 
They have decent weapons on offense on both sides. Devontae Smith is probably the better one out of out of the the, the collection of receivers for both teams. Um, well, I no one knows when my, when Michael uh, when Michael Thomas is is, is coming back. Um, and with Jameis still hurt, you still have Trevor, you have Trevor Simeon and and Taysom Hill. And that's that's rough to, to, to choose from. I choose Taysom just because he's been in the system longer and he's more um, he's more mobile. So I think he's he's more uh, dangerous to deal with. Um, and then the Eagles the Eagles defense is playing pretty is, is playing really well. They had a good win against Denver, who obliterated Dallas. So we'll see if if that defense can show up again against the Saints. Um, I predict the Saints pull out the win, though. I think they have a better offensive scheme. I think they have uh, uh, Sean Payton as the as the head coach and the the play caller. I think that his expertise is going to help them win the game over Philly. Um, and and Cam Jordan on the defense is is a nightmare to deal with. And I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be running around a lot. I think a little bit more than than normal because he's always running around. Um, I think the Saints pull off the win 21-17. What do you think about the Saints and Eagles? I'm going to go with the Eagles. Okay. Then we have Miami going to the Jets. 3-7 and seven Dolphins versus the 2-7 and seven Jets in a division game in New York. Wow. <laughs> uh, I This is going to be an ugly game. This is going to be like a Detroit and Pittsburgh game. Like It's going to be ugly to watch. Yeah, especially since Tua is going to be out there. Yeah, Tua, man. As one of my um, favorite YouTubers said, Tua turned the ball over. <laughs> um, I just that's that's great. I, I'm I'm going to go with the Jets. I think but, that they they have beaten the Titans when they had Derrick Henry, so it's possible for them to beat any team, really. And the Dolphins with Tua are not a powerhouse by any means. So, that being said, it, it's also in New York. Well, technically New Jersey, but it is at the New York Jets home stadium. And uh, I think I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. Okay. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And the reason why is because the Jets only seem to come in, come in when it comes to, like, Big time wins, and, and that being for um, the the Titans in 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 specific, um, I don't I don't see Joe Flacco is going to come in and really do a whole lot. I still think there's a ton of pieces still missing from the Jets offense. Uh, I I like Brian Flores' uh, team. He's he's had a, a great um, overall control of the team and uh, great leadership, and I think that. They're going to pull out the win. And in my opinion, I think even if Tua does start, he's going to get injured before the first half is over. So Jacoby Brissett's going to come in, and Jacoby's going to finish the game and win the game. It's probably, it's, I predict it's going to be a pretty ugly game. So I, I, for me, I, I think my, my prediction is going to be uh, like a 10 to 3, 10 to 7 sort of game. It's not going to be, it's not going to be high scoring. Um, Jalen Waddle will probably have, you know, 120 yards and the, and the, the touchdown for the, for the, the Dolphins. So, uh, Mike Gusecki is going to be a, a big factor too. 
So, but I don't think that um, I think they're going to shut him down more. They're going to shut down Jalen Waddle. Um, and, and that's no disrespect to Robert Sala's team at all. Honestly, I I like Robert Sala a lot. I loved him when he was the the defensive coordinator for San Francisco. I respect Sala a lot, and I think that his de- his defense will, will come around once um, their GM just stops drafting terrible players. I mean, they they put. Zach Wilson up there, but who knows if he was really worth the pick that they picked him up with, you know? So uh, I, I have a, a t- I'll say 10 7 Dolphins over New York Jets. Moving on, Washington at Carolina. This is honestly probably one of my other big games I want to watch. Ron Rivera returns to Carolina to face this, his former team. Cam Newton's back with his former team to face against his old coach. It's it could be very interesting, and and with Carolina playing playing the defense that they've been playing, it could be a very interesting game. So, I could see a Panthers blowout. I could see a close game. I'm gonna go with the Panthers on this one okay. simply because Washington is just so hit and miss every week, and. Um, Maybe we can back. The Panthers are are recharged now, and they're they're ready to maybe make a run. Okay. Um, and that's going to start. It started last week, but it's going to continue with uh, beating Washington this week. Okay. Um, I I I can I can definitely see that. Um, my my big thing, and and you heard, if you heard my my episode from last from, I believe it was Tuesday, I was ripping on Cam Newton. I've never been big on Cam. I don't think him like I said I never thought he he really fit in New England and even returning to Carolina I think it's just a desperation thing. I don't like even if they make the playoffs or not winning a playoff game with Cam Newton not in this stage. He comes he comes in one play. He didn't he didn't participate that whole first drive until that one play and he runs the ball in like he's supposed to and he thinks that he's back He's back to MVP Cam. But last week, I, he, last week he was, you know, eating a bowl of cereal. You don't do that in normal day to day life when you were on a team. Listen, if he's there, the game of football is you score more points than the other team. If he's there and he's scoring points, then I guess he's back. That's his MVP year. That's what he did. He ran the ball in for scores. So. He's obviously not going to be an MVP candidate this year, but if he's taking the ball and he's running it in and teams know why he's in the game and they still can't stop him. Now, I'm not a I'm not a Cam Newton lover either, but if he goes in and he puts 6 points on the board. Yeah, there's not there, there, that's, what, really that, that's what the that. game is that. about, putting yeah, points on the board. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um I think that um the Panthers are going to win this game as well. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than than maybe a lot of people might think. I think Washington's going to lead probably about two thirds of the game, maybe three quarters of the game, and Cam Newton's going to drive the or Cam Newton's going to come in at the last moment and uh, score a big touchdown, whether it's a big touchdown pass or not. And they're still kind of on the verge of they're still kind of figuring out whether they want to start PJ Walker. He, he was highly regarded when he got to Carolina, so he's now able to step in and I mean they they blew out the Cardinals without you know, Kyler Murray and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, and J.J. Watts out for the rest of the year too. So there's that, mm-hmm. there's that whole concept on top of, uh, of that win for Carolina. So 
I said, I, like, I don't, I don't think Cam's back yet. If he, if he starts and he throws three touchdowns and 300 yards, I'll give it to him. Absolutely. He's back until then. We'll see. But anyway, like I said, I think, I think Washington's going to uh, lead the game the majority of the way. And I think that uh, Carolina's going to come back and win the game at the very, very end. Um, and it's probably going to be the, the, the final drive is going to have at least two uh, pass interference calls or roughing the passer or hold the defensive holding, something along those lines that helps bring the um, the Panthers into a uh, either field goal range or on the goal line. Now, or whatever. now we're talking Tom and Brady. That's, he's not in this game. Well, I know he's not in this game. Just like, and there's a reason why I didn't say Tom Brady because yeah. I don't want him to be like that. But I, I honestly, that's probably what's going to happen to help drive them down. So I think the final score is going to be 22-21, Panthers over Washington. Next game, we have the Colts visiting Orchard Park to play the Bills. Bills. <laughs> is that easy, huh? Uh, well, they're just on it. They are. They the loss the the loss to the Jags it just pretty much needs to be wiped from from memory, unless you're a Jaguars fan. Um, remember it, yes, but um, some some weeks some weeks you just don't have it, and that week they just didn't have it. But it's the NFL; things happen. It was a fluke, obviously. The Bills are are back on track, and they're going to be winning this game. Yeah, I mean, when you, whenever you look at like whether it's just a football team to a football team, like. Like without looking at the names or the, the the logos of each team, these are professional guys. So like when you go out there, you need to expect to play professionals. Like basically act like they were the, the Super Bowl champion. You're trying to knock them off. That's that's in my opinion, that's the way people should like these these pro athletes should go into every single game. Don't gaff off thinking, oh well, it's just the Jets or oh it's just the Dolphins. Oh, it's just the Jaguars because you got because you lost. I mean, there was not a touchdown thrown in that game, yep. so it, it it could happen. You know, your quarterback doesn't have to be, you know, Tom Brady just for you to win a, a football game, or you have to, it doesn't you know you don't have to throw fifty thousand touchdowns in a game just to just to win, but just play the game like the other other team is better than you to beat them. So anyway, next game we have, we have Indy, like I said, Indy against Buffalo. I think in my opinion, it's going to, it, it's going to be a lot closer than what people think, but it's going to end up with like a pick near the end of the game for the Colts trying to drive back and win. And I think that Carson Wentz deserves a lot of credit for playing as well as he is, even though he's like average, slightly above average in a way behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. At that point, you kind of know where, like, what you need to improve on for the team. But I think that the Bills are going to win this game. They're going to win by 10. I think it's going to be a 35 to – or we'll say we'll say 34-24. Uh, it's going to be the final score for that game for me. Bills over Colts. Now, next game we have is the Lions visiting Cleveland. Wow. This uh, game – Upset alert, can we Upset say? alert. No. I oh here think we go. That the Browns are going to upset the Lions. <laughs> no, I mean we we have to be real here. The Lions, oh, the Lions are a terrible team. Um, obviously Jared Goff was let go from the Rams because he's just not good. Uh, and you can kind of see that reflection on the Lions because Matt Stafford has dealt with his team his entire career, and 
they were not very good when he played for them most of the most years. And now that he's not there, you can see that he was really keeping them afloat every year. But yes, the, the Browns should uh, win this game. They're getting their top running back back from the COVID list. Uh, and I think he's going to be uh, ready to roll. I think really, honestly, running back is one of those positions where you don't get as much rust as, say, a quarterback. Because quarterbacks, you have to be on time with your throws. You have to be reading, you know, reading the defense. You have to. There's a lot that goes in more mentally for quarterbacks. I'm not saying running running backs are you know knuckle draggers or anything, but running backs, you know what you're doing. You're going to take the ball, and you the play is designed to maybe be a stretch play. Okay, you know what you're doing. It's designed to be a uh, a run at at this hole here. Or, or this gap, or however they want to run it, and that's what you're going to do. Now, the only thing that might change would be potentially their audibles. But if you're in meetings, you'll understand what those audibles are, and they're allowed to be in virtual meetings if they're on the COVID list. Um, so him coming back, his, his he actually should play better because he had a, an extra week off to rehab his body, which running backs take a lot of abuse. So that's good for him. So he should be running on fresh legs. Uh, I, I see the Browns uh, definitely winning this game. Yeah, I can predict this is probably a blowout, especially because the the Browns, you know, went into New England last week and got obliterated. So they want a little bit of revenge. They're out for blood at this point. This is one of those we just want to get out there and play again type deals yeah. to, to wipe to get that yuck off of them. Absolutely, you can, you can say. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that. So I'm calling a blowout. Browns over the Lions. We'll say thirty-five to seven. Give it thirty-five ten. Thirty-five ten. I'm I'm all right with that. Because Jared Goff, I mean, despite them, you know, the Rams moving off of him and stuff like that, he still played really well. He had some really good passes that they you know, they went to the Super Bowl. You know, so he's not he's not a terrible quarterback. But he's got some sort of attitude that, that shows that he is. We'll just say he's not Allen Iverson. <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Agreed. Next, we have San Francisco going into Jacksonville. San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to pull this one out um, as well, just simply because like Urban's defense hasn't been able to really stop a whole lot of people, and when they do stop people, it's bad teams – other than or it was the Bills, the Bills by by chance. I mean, they only have two wins. One of them against is against Miami and who had Tua, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in London yeah. where they where the Jaguars second home is. Yeah, that's the, that's their that's their real home stadium. It was in London. <laughs> they might they might they, they might as well just be the silly. Well, this time they played for at the Tottenham Hotspurs yeah. <laughs> stadium instead of the normal, but, yeah. Um, Still, th- this is going to be the 49ers are probably going to put up 49er points, you know, on the Jags. And uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is my boy, but it's it's the Jaguars, okay? Year in and year out, we understand that they just are not going to do it. Yeah, it, it really doesn't matter what is going on there because they'll just ruin it. Like when they went to the AFC Championship game, and then they got cheated out of a win to go to the Super Bowl. What do they do? They they decide, oh, well, we didn't win, so we'll just clean house. Huh. 
and they got rid of everybody. <laughs> okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the Jaguars as an organization are just failures. That that's really all. And I, I, I hope that Trevor Lawrence has a successful career with and maybe turns the Jaguars around someday, but the, to the, it's not to this year is not this year, probably not next year, probably not five years down the road. And but yeah. We're talking about Sunday right now. 49ers have this game. Yeah. From what I've seen, I feel like their owner is meddling in the team's day-to-day process and organization and stuff like that. And that really puts a big damper on how the team is going to go because if the owner comes in and is like, hey, I want you to do this instead. I want you to game plan for this or whatever. It's like, well, you hired me to do a job as your coach or your offensive coordinator or whatever. Why are you telling me how to do my job? Well, because I'm the owner. I get to do what I want. Well, which is true. Which is true, but that's not your job. If you if you want to be a coach, then be a coach. Like no one's gonna stop you because you're the owner. You just be like I'm firing everybody. I'm gonna be the coach. Okay, cool, good for you. You're gonna lose every game, but hey, <laughs> you fired everybody. You proved them. I can do what I want. Cool. And I agree. the The Forty Nine ers should easily handle this game. A uh, bad team against a semi bad team who had they had a really nice blowout win against Arizona, which is a divisional game and. I mean, they were red hot the, the week prior. Who beat you know the Rams, and I mean blew the doors off them with a backup quarterback. So and and as as a backup quarterback, you're you're expected to win at least one game, depending on how long your your starting quarterback is out. And the fact that you know he has a big win against a big a good team, and then two bad losses against two bad teams, and it's kind of like what's going on here. So um, yeah, but I think the 49ers will ha- will handle this game very easily. Um, let's see, I think we have 35 to, uh, 35 to 35, 14. We'll give Trevor Lawrence two touchdowns. That's generous. And I hope he does. Me too. I, I like Trevor Lawrence and he is one of the few quarterbacks that have, um, he's one of the few quarterbacks that even, even coming out of college, I'm like, yeah, I can see him playing well. Cause like every single year since like Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray or Johnny Manziel come out of the draft. They overhype them so much. Like in Madden, their scores are super high for no reason. Um, you know, they're so sought after. Their jerseys are, are bought like exclusively and they're expensive and blah, blah, blah. But then they come out and they, they they play like crap. It's like wait till they have some sort of like stock underneath of them as a professional quarterback before you blow them up even more. You know, like it doesn't make sense of why you would do that. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is one of those guys that just unfortunately is in a really bad situation. And if he ever decides to leave Jacksonville and goes to a semi-decent team, they're gonna they're gonna do some. He's gonna do some damage. He's gonna be out for blood to like to win something. Because I mean, up until up until the the national championship, his his senior year of college, never lost a game, and then he loses to LSU. That was his junior year of college. Excuse me, mm-hmm. not a senior year, but still, you know he lost he lost his first game in college, in the BCS national championship. Like the dude, the dude can play, especially in the NFL. Just he's just with a really bad team. Okay, Texans going into Tennessee. I I mean I'm pretty sure everyone's in consensus here that it's it's Tennessee. Tennessee's going to win this game, uh, pretty pretty easily. So. Um, I'm going to say Tennessee's going to blow out 42 to three. 
Okay, um, moving on quickly. Uh, Green Bay, oh, uh, Green Bay to Minnesota. That was one of your one of your favorite key uh, key games to watch. Yes. How do you think this game's going to go? Now this is my real upset alert. Oh. I think the Vikings are actually going to take this game, and then later down the road, Green Bay will eliminate them at Lambeau. Okay. Um, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the, the Packers are, are are gonna are gonna win this game mainly because Aaron Rodgers is is playing outstanding football. The defense is playing really well despite not having Jair Alexander. Aaron Jones, I think AJ Dillon can still provide a great run support for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you can catch uh, you can catch out of the backfield, which is nice. So and he's and he's he's a boulder. The dude can the dude's a, is he's massive. So I think he's gonna help a lot. And like like he said like like being said before the Vikings the, like uh, uh, the, for the past two years so who knows if if they're even going to be able to contend with with Aaron Rodgers I think I think they're going to put up I think they're going to be uh, uh, up ten points I think Green Bay's going to win by ten. Well, if you just real quick, if you listen to other you know, well, Lamar Jackson is so great, people <laughs> then. When they played against uh, Lamar Jackson, who is, oh my goodness, an MVP, um, they held him back. And to me, the real reason that the Vikings lost was they got cheated. At the end of the first half, the Ravens had done nothing all game. And then they throw the ball short because Lamar Jackson doesn't have a bomb of an arm. And then they get a you know bogus uh, defensive pass interference penalty. They go in, they score, of course, right before the half. Now, all of a sudden, the lead is cut, and then they come out, and then they start playing football. So, without that seven points, the Ravens are not in the game, and the Vikings win it because they don't even have to go to overtime. Yeah, no, I um, I could see Minnesota winning the game too, but I, I think that the Packers just have a, um, a more well-round team, and they're they're really trying to push for that Super Bowl win. And I think Aaron's just you know rare, raring to go. And I mean they've only dropped two games compared to the Vikings dropping five. And mm-hmm. let's not mention like the the Vikings didn't like they haven't had like really bad teams that they that they've beaten or really good teams that they lost to. So they've Char- been in I think the most the most amount of close games this season within three points or within a score. Yeah. The game has gone either in their favor or against them. Well, so more they, more against them than uh, which is more against them, but they've also had some last second wins. Yeah, a lot of last second losses or losses by three or or six or less. But <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll, that's what I'll say about that. Okay. Um. So then we have uh, Baltimore going into Chicago. Oh my goodness! So. Um, it's definitely going to be the, the battle of the mobile quarterback. Um, uh, there, I can almost guarantee they're going to compare these two quarterbacks the majority of this game. Of course, they'll they'll say Justin Fields is uh, is super mobile, and they, they just always use the word mobile all the time, yeah. like it, it's an overused word. But um, the the Ravens are going to win this game. They're going to have a lot of Lamar Miller getting the ball. And then designed runs because oh my goodness we need to run Lamar Miller for some reason, um, and the Ravens are going to win. So, yeah, um, 
Honestly, I feel like this is gonna this is gonna be my upset of the week. Oh, you're upset. I of think the week? I think Chicago. I think Chicago. When it comes to bigger teams, like they like they beat the 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 Raiders when they were when they were playing really really well. So it, 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 to me, it makes sense why they would they would play a, t- a good team and beat them. So I, this is something that I could totally see Chicago going in or you know defending their home turf against Lamar Jackson. It's going to be cold. It's going to be – who knows? It might be snowy for all we know. I mean, it's Chicago. It's True. it's crazy. So, um, And with um, with Justin Fields playing, especially the last couple of games and the, the way he's been playing, I think they can really pull this win out. Um, and I don't know if it's John Harbaugh's defense is just not playing well. Maybe it's the fact that they lost Marcus Peters at the beginning of the year where they don't have any sort of secondary help. But – I mean, Marlon Humphrey seems flustered at like the majority of the games. Like he doesn't seem like he can cover anybody. So, you know, I, I think I think that the Bears are going to win this game. I think they're going to have the upset, but I think it's going to be an OT. I think the Ravens are going to dominate the majority of the game. The and then Justin Fields is going to come back, tie the game up, then go to OT, and they're going to win the game by a, by a field goal. They're both going to get an opportunity, but the Bears are going to get the field goal and win. Um, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be seventeen to twenty. Next game we've got Cincinnati and Las Vegas in Vegas. So Bengals, a little bit of a slump right now with with Joe Burrow and their team. I think um, I'm pretty sure they had a bye week last week, so it, it's a good refresh because they lost to Pittsburgh the week prior to that, or they lost to. Cleveland, I can't remember which one. But it was a division game, and they lost going – and then they went into the bye week. So they're coming off of a bye. They sh- it should be a, a good game that they that they go into Vegas. And in my opinion, I think the, the Bengals are going to pull this one off. I agree. Yeah, so – and uh, Joe Burrow playing great football, the fact that he's healthy and back. And then they and then they have his, his college receiver. Mm-hmm. So his good buddy, he's played with for years now, for you know, for multiple years at this point, and they're playing great together. And, and would you even say very great? Very great is the accurate term for that. Agreed. So, um, <laughs> and then Joe Mixon. I mean, I, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about Joe Mixon just falling flat on his face this year, not not playing great at all, and he's 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 doing very well. I don't I don't think. He, uh, he's not top five in – I don't think he's top five in rushing yards. But if he is, he's like like four or five. Um, but he's playing really great. He's, he's playing very great. He is um, uh, extremely helpful for that offense. And I I just – and their defense is playing well. And I think that it's a really good testament to Zach uh, – Zach Thomas, I think is, is their coach's name. Mm-hmm. Zach it's, – it's Zach something. I can't remember off the top of my head. But – Bengals are gonna, are, I think, are gonna beat the Raiders. I think they're about, they're about average teams, um, uh, compared to the defense, the running backs, the receivers. I think they're all, they're, they're basically the same. Um, I think that the Raiders just depend on uh, Darren Wallen or Darren Waller more than they would, um, more than like just as much as the Bengals depend on Jamar Chase. But they also have T. Higgins, and he's really good, and um, their tight end Uzma, I think is his name, is is really good too. So. 
Um, but anyway, Bengals are gonna are gonna win this game, um, 24-21. Next game we have the Arizona Cardinals visiting Seattle against Russell Wilson Seahawks. Russ, Russ is is is, is gonna win. Okay, he's he's tired of this nonsense. <laughs> DK Metcalf put out a statement saying that he is uh, he's he needs to mature on the field and let things go. And uh, I think they're they're going to come out and they're going to prove prove themselves to be better than a three and six record. I I can agree with that. Um, I mean, and plus it's you know Russie Russell Russ here that we're talking about. <laughs> he's he's Let's just, just say we're a little high on Russ. Well, at least I am. Well, let's just say that it's Russ, okay? Yeah. It. This is what he does. He comes out and just just has the best deep ball in the game. At least that's what people say, uh, not me, but uh, people. And then you have you have Metcalf, who is going to want to prove himself from last week when he had that incident. Um, and then for some reason, I guess that they're just forgetting that Tyler Lockett exists. So anytime a play breaks down, Russ can just literally throw the ball up into the air. Tyler Lockett will jump 80 yards into the air, catch it, and come down on his two tiptoes in the end zone. And and he seems to be forgetting that that's humanly possible. So let's 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 make it happen this week, Russ. Okay, and the rest of the team. If yeah. he throws the ball up in the end zone out of desperation because the offensive line is a wet paper bag, just catch the darn thing. Okay, this is a divisional rival. You should want to knock them off. And let, let's just do it, all right? Let's go. Seahawks. Russ. <laughs> all right. So I like like I said earlier, this is definitely the one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most. This is the game he's looking forward to. At well, well, for obvious reasons. He's a homer. But the thing that I, that I'm worried about is even though that it's most likely going to be Colt McCoy starting this week, and they're still not going to have DeAndre Hopkins. But they still have Christian Kirk, who's who's really good. AJ Green's still playing, and he's he he's revived he his career for guests to turn around in the end zone. Well, that, that that happens, which is a which is a good thing for opposing defenses, i.e. the Packers. You know, because he's a homer, is questionable to play, as well as Jamal Adams. He's questionable for for his groin injury that's been bugging him all year. Well, then he shouldn't have done the championship belt on Sunday. In my opinion, I think there, there's there's a lot of speculation about whether we should have done what we did for Jamal Adams. In my opinion, I don't think we should have. We should have waited for free agency. They picked him up that way. No, we didn't waste two years of, of picks on the guy when we're probably we, we're going to be in the top ten picks this year if we don't turn it around. And we're not going to get anybody. We're going to give it. We're let the Jets just build, you know, a better team, even though they're still pretty garbage. But with Russell back at practice at 100, percent ready to go, the the chemistry that he has with the receivers definitely going to be improved. Because for some reason, it seemed like he was overthrowing DK and overthrowing Tyler, and it seemed like only Will Disley was able to to really hone in with Russ that entire game against against Green Bay. And we don't have a run game, and that's a big. Maybe thing. you guys should sign Bell. Maybe we should. Honestly, it might it might help. Um, but the fact that Chris Carson's still out, and the fact that he continuously gets injured, you know, it, it's a big thing. So, and it's it's going to put a lot more pressure on Russell. So, um, but 
there's no way your defense you are a defensive head coach and you're 30th overall in the NFL. And yet when you started when like when Russell got drafted in 2012 after you went 7 and 9 for two years in a row Russell comes in and you get all these great defensive players and you're number 1 for four years in a row. How does that happen? That like was it Dan Quinn? Was that a big thing? But yeah. you know, we'll, we'll getting off topic a bit. But I think I think uh, um, um, the Cardinals are going to win by seven. It's going to be a 28-21 uh, score. Um, last game of the uh, the afternoon games, we have the Dallas Cowboys visiting Airhead to face the Chiefs. Um, Cowboys are going to win this one simply because nobody likes them, and that's all I have to say about that. I want to see Patrick Mahomes play well and and get back on track to where he was winning games and winning them convincingly. Dallas, on the other hand, because they've been bad for so long, let's say bad for so long, but not playoff ready for so long to where, you know, they. I mean, when Dak was – Dak's rookie year with Zeke, they made it to the division. They were number one seed, got division around, and they lost to the Packers. And it was like, what's this about? And then they go again. And then the next year, what, they fall on their face? Like, what happened? And then they come back, and then Zeke's problems, and, you know, all these are the problems that are just holding the Cowboys back, and then their defense is holding them back, and Sean Lee gets hurt, and then they bring in Van Der Esch, and, you know, they have so, they had so many things that were just not going their way, and then now all of a sudden they looks like the stars, not no pun intended, are, are now aligned yeah. to actually – perform well and maybe win a playoff game, maybe go to the Super Bowl. Who knows? I think the Cowboys are going to pull this one off. Uh, the defense is better than the Kansas City offense, in my opinion. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to get two picks. Score is going to be close. Kansas City is going to kick an onside kick and uh, not get it for the Cowboys to win. 35-30. Okay. Primetime games. We've got Pittsburgh – Rolling into Los Angeles to face the Chargers. Ben Roethlisberger is now active again against the Steelers or the uh, the Chargers, and so he's so he's off the COVID list now. So I don't I don't know if he, he's vaccinated or not to where he would have had to have been out for ten games or ten days or whatever the whatever the rule is for unvaccinated players. Regardless. Uh, he is he is now activated and he is good to play. He is ready to play against uh, the Chargers. I I think the Chargers are going to pull this one out um, with T.J. Watt like banged up from last week. I think that that's going to play a huge factor in this game. I think Justin Herbert's going to be able to get the ball out quick. Austin Eckler's going to run the ball effectively, and Justin Herbert's going to throw three, three touchdowns at least. I can see the Chargers winning. They're going to say they're probably tired of losing. Yeah, I would agree. Losing games, they shouldn't. You know, they they should be on the rise as a team on the rise, mm-hmm. not a team that is sitting at five and four currently. Yeah. Um. So, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Chargers. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, um, even though he's coming off of this COVID this COVID thing, so he's he he didn't get banged around in that really ugly like messy uh, tie against the Lions, but, um. You know he hasn't been the same in in in, in the latter years of his career. So I think that uh, it's real. His age is really showing, honestly, in my opinion. He didn't. He never took care of himself in the off season. So and it's like I said, it's, it's showing now. So I think that 
Uh, with that being said, as well as um, their their defense is pretty injured. Joe Hay- Joe Hayden, uh, one of their corners, is 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 day to day as well. Um, he, uh, I think that's going to really put a, a damper on um, the Steelers trying to win this game. So the Chargers are going to win by 10, 24-14. And finally, the New York Giants go down to Tampa to ho- or to to play the Bucks. Now we've talked about this earlier with with it being Brady's second loss uh, coming into this weekend. He hasn't had three losses in a row since O two since his first year starting. So let's just say how it is. The game's over. <laughs> they played last year. Giants got cheated out of a win because you can't have that. So <clears throat> they're gonna win. They're they're not going to lose three in a row, or I mean not they, but one person is not going to lose three in a row. Um, you might think that teams are fifty three man rosters. Um, doesn't matter, okay? Tom Brady. It's just utterly ridiculous that they would put this game on a Monday night. Uh, I understand schedules are made ahead of time, but why would you put the Giants and the Buccaneers on a Monday night game? Just because they beat the Raiders recently doesn't mean anything really well um, they also almost beat the, the chiefs which was big granted the chiefs weren't playing like they should be they, but yes the chiefs had the their brains turned off for some reason they were only running on half mental capacity uh and then they just kind of you know switch it on every now i think the problem with the chiefs was too they were just dominating people way too easily and uh, they got complacent they started playing sloppy football Andy Reid woke up. He's like, all right, guys, let's turn our brains on. They started working. You know, Tom Brady, um, before the game, is going to have some probably epic speech that you'll hear an article about. Um, And if they're, for some reason, losing at halftime, uh, Tom Brady will probably lean over. And um, then you'll see memes about when you see this, it's over. If if by chance the Giants are winning, which is not going to happen. You know, Brady, unfortunately, is without – uh, two top weapons in the game of football, NFL style, uh, that being Antonio Brown and uh, Gronkowski. So it's a real shame that he only has, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray. And not to mention, um, when he is when when Tom Brady is out there playing every defensive position, especially when there's a sack or a tackle for a loss or an interception. Um, you know, th- that, that front seven is still pretty nasty. I like people like to mention about their, you know, the back four, we can call them, you know, your the defensive backs. Um, but that has nothing to do with anything when Tom Brady's on the sideline, giving the look to the other team. So when it comes to this game, the game is over. I understand it says Monday at 8 15 PM, but the game's already over. Tom Brady has won this game. Uh, there's no possible way. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it one more time. There's no possible way he's losing three games in a row, and that being to the Giants for the third loss. It's just not going to happen. Um, Roger Goodell will literally run down onto the field and just put his hands up and say, touchdown, Tom, if it comes to it. So look for the refs to be throwing stupid flags. Tom Brady throwing to bums such as Chris Godwin and handing the ball off to an ultra bum like uh, Leonard Fournette. And, 
you know, and then Tom Brady will have to take over the game and intercept Daniel Jones if if needed. So it's over, okay? That is we could do a lock. We can put uh we, we can put a game on lock. This game is a lock for Tom Brady to win. I don't even care that they're called the Buccaneers. They're the Tampa Bay Toms, all right? That's it. The game's over. Buccaneers. Tom, I'm sorry. The Tomineers win, all right? So, yeah, I don't think Brady's going to lose three games in a row. The Yes, the Giants almost beat him last year, and they were cheated out of a win. Brady somehow, you know, when it comes to clutch moments, he's able to... Look at the ref to throw a defensive pass interference flag, <laughs> well, even when the ball is uncatchable. Or even, you know, like like tell the uh, the defensive lineman that he needs to scoot up a little bit more and then call him for offsides even when he throws a pick. Or um, or if the other team is going to drive down and potentially tie the game, um, he says you're not doing that, and then forces him forces the opposite quarterback to get sacked for a 15 yard loss. So, uh, if you can't tell, we're big Tom Brady fans. This game is a lock. <laughs> Can we put our lock on it? We're going to put a lock on this. We're one. putting the Rob Miller podcast. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Bucks. On the Tampa Bay Tom Brady and Ears. <laughs> Tom Brady and Ears. That's right. Brady Brady and Ears. The 12 and Ears. The 12 and Ears. Um, I think it's going to be not a huge blowout, but it'll be a blowout win. I think... The I think Daniel Jones will still get like maybe like t- maybe two scores, being generous. I can see it being close, um, because that's the way that's the way these type of games go. It's close, that's true. and that's why the refs have to get involved. That is something too. It's like how and how does that like how does that happen often? Like like you'll have like these games with a really bad team and they're gonna get blown out. It's like oh, okay, well why have them on on a prime time game? And then you've got games that. That are pretty interesting. I mean, the fact that Brady, for some reason, has issues with the Giants, even even in Tampa, you know, you know, with last year almost losing, right? So, with that, with that being said, it's like, okay, well, this is something to, to look forward to, so on and so forth. Even even though we're not Giants fans or or Buccaneers fans, we this is this is something to look forward to, just because Brady hasn't lost three games ever. But he's lost to the Giants twice in the Super Bowl, and that's kind of like a, like a stinging thing. He doesn't he does not like the Giants. So the fact that he's still able to play them, and he's been playing them more often. I mean, he played, played them two years in a row. I mean, when he was with New England, he was he was playing them every four years. So it's like, okay, well, I I think I think Brady's is is not happy about this game, uh, or he's excited about the game because he want he's going to destroy the Giants. But he's gonna destroy them like Dink and Dunk like he's always like he always has. The Brady Because because remember, he has bums to throw to. Not correct. He doesn't have Antonio Brown anymore right now, or he doesn't have Gronk. So correct. Um, I'm gonna predict the score to be uh, 38 to 14. So that concludes our picks for the week, um, and that's also going to conclude our episode today. I'll be posting my reaction podcast. On Tuesday next week, I'll probably do like everything, like predictions, reactions to um, the Thursday night game, and everything like I'm doing today on ne- like next Saturday um, for Thanksgiving. And we'll, you know we'll have a lot a lot more to talk about when it comes to, to the Thanksgiving game. So um, thanks for tuning in. 
So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this we, is we, one, we one of the harder have, things to do. I like, have an outro here. What, 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 what should be my outro then, you know? Until next time. See you later.